0: Well, Barb, um, I'm I'm glad that you joined me. Um, (laughs) So we're going to talk today about working with your board, and uh, I have a presentation that's on the website. And are you linked to that, Barb?
1: Yes. (laughs) I'm looking at the first page, Working With Your Board, Joseph Reeves.
0: All right. Well, we're going to go, we'll go to the next, Slide. So what I did um, was build on the um, material that we sent out last week, uh, the, the written material with the questions and answers, and what I want to talk about is the how of board meetings and board work so that the content can have a place to, um, to be accomplished. And it's been my experience in working with boards that that it's really it's 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 important it's critical for everyone to have the same set of guidelines, the same structure um, that uh allows board members to communicate freely and so on this board structure, which is really the process of how you get your work done um We'll talk a little bit about the agenda development which is really what's important in the meeting the packet which is why it's important um, on the agenda and and really what, what it is that you need to know um, the meeting guidelines which is pr- primarily the uh, parliamentary procedure or the process of the meeting and then board bylaws and um, I know that you know how much I like policy, uh, and the board bylaws are, are critical to getting the work done within your board. So i go to the next slide here, which is the agenda development, and um, just ask a question of, of the board, which is, when are issues serious enough to bring to the board's attention? And um, I guess within that, it's how to, wanting to make sure that you others know how to get in an item on the agenda. So, Barb, are you? Do you know how to do that? Do you know how to get an item on your agenda?
1: I've seen it happen um, during. Um Still with me? Yeah, I just heard a voice come on. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah um I've seen um agenda item.
0: Barb. You back with me now, Barb?
1: Yeah, I just heard another voice.
0: Okay. You know, you might be it's, hearing feedback on your own because I don't show another person in the audio portion of the conference.
1: Okay, it was a computer voice telling me that I've been pla- that I've been placed on audio or something. Oh, like that. I see. So, okay. how do you get it? So, how
0: do you get something <laughs> on your agenda?
1: Okay, it can happen at a um during open discussion. We decide something, oh, we'll put that on the next agenda. It can happen during board comments, oh we'll put that on the next agenda. I've seen it happen um th- through email among the board members and the superintendent.
0: great okay so and and one one thing that we are doing is is recording this, and I think as people um, review this. Excuse me, as people review this, uh, be, those will be some good starting points for them to consider. Because um, it's been, unfortunately, it's been my experience that not everyone knows how to get something on the agenda. And, you know, even by February, if someone's elected in October and starts in November, they're still sort of scratching their head as to um, how that happens. Uh, another thing that, that, obviously, for the agenda, for, for the process to work, is that you really have to have a calendar for the year, and you should know what's being asked of the board and when it's going to be asked, um, calendars for your business meetings and for your work sessions, and have a good sense as to, say, when the it's going to be developed and when um Priorities are going to be set, and I know that in um, in your case, known uh, that you do have a calendar. Is that that's right?
1: Yes, we have a newly revised calendar. Thank you, Joe.
0: Uh huh. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but, and then there's just two other things here on, under this portion that I think are important for people to to know about and maybe to ask if, if it's not happening currently on their board but um, just sort of a, a seed here. One is to annotate, annotate um, agenda items with policy numbers. So, for instance, if the board's being asked to make a decision um, or to discuss, oh, we'll use the budget as an example. It's a good time of year to use that. That the policies that you have as a, as a board Are identified that deal with that particular issue. In this case, budget. So when you get the agenda, you could then take a look at your policies um, and make sure that you're that that you're doing what you say you're supposed to do. And then the other piece here is the consent agenda, and that's really where you package um, a number of items into a cluster, and then move that entire consent agenda. And that could be uh, a variety of of items that that the board, an individual board member could ask one or two items to be taken out for for more further discussion. Um, So a couple of process issues with the agenda. The next thing we're gonna look at is um, the board meeting packet and this really is how the board gets information in order to make decisions. And the role of the packet, the role of that information is to make, is to help the board make an informed decision so that individually members can vote, vote their conscience, and um, and move, move issues forward. Um, I think here the biggest question from my perspective is what information is included in the packet? and um, that for action items, action items should come with a recommendation from the superintendent and with enough background information that the board member feels comfortable in having the the discussion at the meeting. Um, the, The last bullet on that, which is what if it's not enough information um, and, you know, from, from my perspective, the simple answer to that is, well, if, if you have a packet and in that packet there's some information about a particular issue and it just um, lends itself to you that you need to ask more questions, you should pick up the phone and talk to the superintendent. There's a difference there between asking for new information and asking for information that's readily available. And I think that's something that, over time, boards have to, uh, have to come to an agreement on as to. What's the difference between asking um, how many miles the buses have driven over the last year or what would happen if we did the bus routes differently? Would we have fewer miles? And the first instance is something that's readily available. You can, you know, the, whoever's covering transportation can get that information to you. On the second one, it's really something that the full board should should pose to the superintendent. Does that make sense? For your perspective. Okay. Um, and then. Often, in board packets, you get reports from committees. and um, I think the the reason why I have this bullet here is that do we have to talk about it all over again? If you find as a board that that the committee report generates uh, as much as many questions and as much discussion as the committee meeting, then, um, there's, it's probably time to take, to take a look at, um, at the committee structure. So, Barb, do you use committees
1: in Nome? Um, I, I know that there's a, um, a bylaws and policy committee. Okay.
0: And most and boards I'm actually sure. do have that committee. Um, not every board operates on a committee structure, but I think most do have a, uh, a bylaw policy committee, And that committee's purpose is is to save the full board some time. you, know, you look through the policies, you see if they've been if, they, uh, if, if new um, sample policies have been recommended, you the committee has that structure, brings it to the full board. Um, and committees committees work if there is good communication within the board. They don't work if you start spending as much time at the board table as you do at the committee uh, meeting in order to discuss the, the same items. So moving <laughs> to meeting guidelines. And, you know, basically we have parliamentary uh, uh Robert's Rules, um, and I think that every district in this state, every board in this state, uses parliamentary procedure to a certain degree. Um, some boards are uh, more um, thorough. Some boards are more formal than others. But from my perspective, um, everyone ought to be using a motion a second and then amendments to those motions something simple enough so that everyone knows what the discussion point is and then um, the, the meeting guidelines and and these meeting guidelines really are in um, in your bylaws and it's it's a good idea to know um, what those guidelines are they are as simple as when we're going to start the meeting, when we're going to stop, that we're going to use parliamentary procedure, that uh, that members of the public will speak at a particular time or ask questions at a particular time. So I have this question here. When I'm in the minority on the board, how can I influence the other members to consider my point of view? And um, just wondering, Barb, if, if you have had an experience with that and how it's worked for you.
1: Um, Yes, there have definitely been times when um, other board members' views and my view are not the same. And what I've done is present my view, present my um, reasoning, present my data for having the view that I do and other board members do the same i don't necessarily think we're trying to influence each other but as you said when you were here we're all strong and passionate individuals and i have been um my my view has Changed by what other people have said, and I think other people's views have changed by what I've said.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what a board meeting is all about. I mean, it's as simple as that. Um, you're, you have the opportunity there within this structure, within this process of the board meeting, to be able to do what you've just outlined. Um, you, you have the opportunity to speak. In your case, you're one of five people who have been elected to represent the interests of kids in Nome, And your part of the conversation can help others form their opinion and vice versa. Um, And your guidelines, your bylaws really help make that happen. So I'm going over now to the board bylaws. Which really are your ground rules, um, and they they identify what's expected of the board president, of board members, um, what uh, how you're going to do your how you're going to do your work, uh, what your work is. The my favorite <laughs> bylaw is really the first one in the manual, which is it's the nine thousand on those districts that are using our our, um, our policy reference manual. And that really identifies, simply identifies that boards have three functions, governance, executive, and judicial. And it, it, it's a wonderful conversation starter among board members about what their responsibilities are. So my hope is that if nothing else, everybody on a board will uh, will know their bylaws and um, and help remind each other when those bylaws are being used effectively or if uh, people are forgetting them, which is a nice way of saying aren't using them so o- over now to board process so we've talked about the structure and now we have really the process of the board and you know when it comes down to it, um, your process as a board is how you communicate with each other um, and I also you know the, the dialogue the debate that takes place and there's nothing wrong with with both dialogue and debate on a board around a board table um, the president's role is to structure that discussion, structure that debate uh, so that everyone has an opportunity to speak um, and then the, the last two pieces here, this commitment to a vision, um, many boards have identified a vision mission statement, but even absent that, there's um, the, the, the structure that, that we have identified as a school boards association, and I'm not talking about staff, but I'm talking about the, the membership um, around um, our board standards, and we're going to talk about that for just a little bit in a moment. And really, the process, if the process works, it's a great way of developing trust. If the process doesn't work, um, uh, it can be clearly identified that trust is is absent on a board. So um, in communication, um, you know, basically during the meeting and off the meeting, it's a good idea to seek clarification um, and to do information and rumor checks. And um, I know that we had that discussion when we were up in Nome about um, how that would happen, but it it is critical. And you know, if you if you, if one only operates um, under their own assumptions, um, you might make the decision a decision. But it may not be the best decision for uh for the for the kids in your school district um, and then this ground rules for the discussion at the meeting really it's just to make sure that everyone has a chance to speak on a particular set of issues so that you can test your assumptions and gain better understanding from from the other members of the board and uh I think in, in boards that work well together, that works and, and you can see it work. Um, I've also seen it work really well with boards that are in conflict, but it's because they have a process through which they're going to work and to make sure that um, that that everyone has a chance to speak. So, um, I, took a, I, I pulled out um, in the area of, of communication, I think the, the question that I get, we get asked a lot is, well, what's confidential? What can board members talk about? And you have a board bylaw, that 9011, that talks about that. And really it's, um, it says, as you can see, that confidential information is those items that come out during executive sessions. Um, and they cannot be divulged or released um, unless a majority of the board agrees to do so and then you have to make sure you've talked to your your, uh, your attorney about that um, there are other there's other confidential information that the boards are provided with that um, a confidential memo that might come um, through the superintendent that's shared in an executive session and that I, I think the greatest challenge for school board members is that that executive session confidentiality really does mean you can't go home and tell your spouse, um, even though you really really want to <laughs> uh, and you know the the second bullet here talks about the 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 consequences, um, and it goes deeper than that because if if a board member knowingly divulges information out that, that's come to them through an executive session, um, there's a possibility that that board member, that individual, could be sued, and that that board member would not be indemnified by the district. In other words, that board member would have to pay their own legal costs. So... Not only is it not the right thing to do, it can be a very, very costly thing to do. Um, And jump in, Barb, if you have any questions.
1: I do have a question. Go ahead. This is Barb. (laughs) Um, Okay. Um, I think it was on the previous slide, it talked about censure. And I looked it up in the dictionary, and censure means an expression of strong disapproval. So, um, I, I wonder, um, an expression of strong disapproval doesn't necessarily mean that a discourse or an, behavior or an action is going to stop.
0: You're right. Um, and, you know, that's, the, the censoring a board member is, um, a very delicate activity that, um, that. A board really has to enter into with I think with great care and um, there are some boards who have who have revised their bylaws to to be more specific about what censure results in. and I'll give you one example um, in the context of violation of executive session. A board that I'm familiar with has adapted their bylaws to say that that not only will they censor a particular individual if they if they knowingly uh, aggressively violate the executive session um, but that that will result in the person not being allowed to To join them in executive session, and um, for for a a specific issue, um, or for a specific period of time. So, I I think that that's that's pretty drastic, but. you know, if and and quite frankly, I'm not certain that a court would uphold it. And I'm not an attorney, so I can't, you know, I can't talk about legal issues, but um I I don't have any I don't have any uh, experience with this to, to know that a court might do that. Um on the other hand, if if a board holds strongly to um a perspective that what one board member has done is inappropriate, and makes the decision to to do to actually censor that board member. I think it is sending a message to the to the community that the actions of that particular member are not um, uh, recognized as being a good thing by the board. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, it's tough though, um, and I would just recommend that before a board does even consider censoring a, a member, that it consults with with its attorney. Um, so the next slide here is: Can board members communicate with each other via email? And the answer, the short answer, is yes. But but <laughs> you shouldn't ex- expect. There's two things that first don't expect that you're going to use, have any privacy on that email. Um, if you use a district email account, it is um, certainly something that could that that people could have access to and then the second piece on that of course, is that you're not to use email to conduct the business of the board so um, it's okay to Email someone about an agenda item. It's okay to email someone and say, "Gee, I'm I'm confused. What does um uh, what what does this particular acronym mean? Or I need some more information about something." But um, to do a sequential meeting where you're saying uh, e- emailing four people in a row asking if they're going to support you. Uh, that's really conducting board business, and that 's not something that's supposed to happen Many board members uh, have a public email account and then their own personal account and I would just caution anyone uh, against using their personal email account to for board work in, in gnome do you have you have gnome School district gnome public school uh emails,
1: yeah, we have that option. We have the option to use the gnome schools dot com address and we also have the option for you know, people to type that in, but it's forwarded to another email address
0: uh-huh okay, okay. Yeah. so what do you talk about if you if you're going to be talking to board members outside of the board meeting and um i guess the again the short answer here is don't it's okay to talk to board members you know you have to if if you end up looking around the room um and there is you know three two other board members and you walk in and you start a conversation well you've got a quorum and so you have you, you have to be very, very careful. But that doesn't mean that if there are two board members in a restaurant and you walk in that you have to leave. And I've had people actually call and ask me that question. Um, just because three board members are in a restaurant doesn't mean that you're having a school board meeting. And, and the reality is it, even if there are three board members sitting at a table, the same table in a restaurant, doesn't mean you're having a board meeting, but everyone thinks that you are, and I think that's the the piece to keep in mind there. Um, So I've had – I worked with a board a few years ago that they were cautious about three board members attending the same basketball game, and I convinced them that it was okay Talked about this a little bit when you when you talked about convincing people or having that conversation earlier with with your board members and helping them understand um, your perspective. But you know, the the dialogue and the debate is what it's all about. That's what that's where you move forward as a board. And um, I think it it behooves board members to um, to really think through how they're going to. Present their issue um, at a board at a board meeting, whether it's a work session or a, um, a regular a regular scheduled meeting. And I've heard the GNOME board do this, certainly in a workshop. And um, I've been very impressed with how well you all have that dialogue on topics. That you do not agree on, um, and I was I certainly back back in December. I was very impressed with that. Um, but just for posterity here, Barb, <laughs> what's the best way to make your feelings known if you do disagree with a board member?
1: From your perspective, um, in my personal opinion, there are several options um, I can um speak up and express my view um, and another option is to and I've done this before is to not become a part of that conversation?
0: Okay. <clears throat> so if the, if the conversation starts to go in a direction that you think is inappropriate, um, just step back. Yes. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think the absence um is that sometimes is as strong as being as the statements that are made. So that's a, that's a point. And you know, sometimes um, from what I've seen, um, when people feel strongly about an issue, they tend to reiterate it, and often it's best. To say it once, put your position out there, and not go back to it. Especially if you have an opportunity to be on the record through a vote. So this this next slide is about goes back to the um, board standards, and the question here is, you know, if you have this commitment to a vision. It seems, it seems appropriate that you assess the board's effectiveness in trying to achieve that vision. And, uh, what the board standards do is provide a structure for having that assessment, um, that criterion reference. It, you know, it, there's a series of, 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 um, items. That everyone responds to, to get that broad, that deeper conversation about whether or not we're heading in the direction we said we wanted to head. Uh, And that, that starts with that vision. Are we all aware of the vision? Um, Do we, do we support that vision? Do we ask people, community members uh, to join us in developing the vision? Um, is the board uh, supporting a structure within the school district that uh, that helps achieve the vision? And that structure from the board's perspective has to start with policy, but then also um, priorities, goals, and a budget that, that helps uh, make those goals a reality? Um, advocating for the vision is you know doing the the work that board members from my experience really love to do which is is you know wave the flag for kids in their community um, that can be both in the community by um, supporting the the uh, what's good for kids and it can also be at the legislature or at the federal level by um, speaking about what your um what your vision is for the kids in your school district. Holding yourself accountable um, is letting the public know what you've done, why you've done it, and um, what you have left to do, I guess is the simplest way of putting it. And then the the conduct and ethics is um, holding yourselves accountable to to acting in a way that um, is – the right way of of, of making decisions and um, the right way of, of working with each other. And I think that was that was dealt with in the in the uh, material that we sent out uh, a couple weeks ago, a little, a little bit more in detail. But but if if a board doesn't have a vision for what it wants for its school system and what it wants for its kids, then the meetings, the, the job that you come to once or twice a month, the work that you do, doesn't seem to have a purpose, and uh, I think it's essential for boards to solidify around a vision, and I've found very few that can't do that. Um, it's something I'm building off of what Bruce Johnson spoke about last week in terms of trust. Um, he talked about trust of, of in, in this uh, core, the core principles of competence, um, openness, reliability, and, and equity. And thinking about it in terms of what a board does, you know, community members are elected to the board and they gain competence um, with the development of knowledge and skills. And the the knowledge piece really does have to come um, with reading, with part- participating in, in discussions or in training sessions. And the skills of being on the board, I think everybody comes to the board with their own set of skills, and then sees how a board works, um, understands how parliamentary procedure um is a vehicle for getting the work done, and those skills develop over time. Um, The openness piece really is just about sharing information. Um, It's really the process of communication. Um, And the more you can share without being shouted down, the greater the trust is. Um, the reliability as a whole board really is going back to the previous slide about about um, board standards of um, you know, a board that a board and its individual members who are consistent who say they're going to do X and actually um, make the decisions and support that with a budget so that the priorities happen. And then the final piece there is impartiality or equity, um, working in the best interest of all students. So those four pieces, it's difficult, but as a board works together, even board members who do not like each other, even board members who have really different views on particular issues, if if they have these, these core principles of confidence, openness, reliability, and equity, they can get the work done, and um, and sometimes it's it's tough um, to get to that place. But uh, I've, I've watched a lot of a lot of boards come together around issues that they feel are larger than themselves as individuals. And I'm just going to stop right there, Barb, and ask if you have any questions about this. We have just a couple more slides, but. Um, I know your board. I know the issues that you all have addressed and how you've addressed them. And, um, I, you know, from my perspective, uh, I've seen your board work through some tough issues and some challenges and in the end come out um, still being able to come out working together as a board. So, do you have any questions?
1: Um, I just have a comment. Okay. In the, um, in the email that you sent out previously, working with the board, you had the questions and then paragraphs following each. hmm And one section is, if I disagree with board members or the superintendent, what is the best way to make my feelings known? And then in a second paragraph under that heading it says, once the board makes a decision, even if you were on the losing side of the vote, you need to agree not to work against the board's position. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely agree with that. But when that happens, when a board member works against the board's position, there's no consequence to the individual as a board member. And that action of working against the board's position can keep on happening.
0: It can keep on happening if the board allows it to happen. And, um, I mean, let me give an example. If the board makes a decision to do X, and um, I'll, I'll make up X being Building a new school, okay? Um, And one board member says, votes against that. So it's a 6-1 vote in favor of building the new school. And at the next meeting, that board member hijacks the agenda and starts talking about what a stupid decision the rest of the board made. It's that, it's the, it's those six people on that board who are letting this one person take control of the meeting. Now, I don't think that, I think it's very, very difficult to stop someone from doing that outside of the board meeting. But I know it's not difficult to stop someone from doing that inside of the board meeting. And I think also that people have to live with the consequences of their actions. So um, if someone is out, you know, with a sandwich board in front of the, walking up and down Main Street saying, the board made a stupid decision in building the new school. Um, and that person has a good idea, something that could move the district forward, I don't think the rest of the board's going to be too quick to uh, their idea in the future. So, I don't know. Does that make sense to you?
1: Um, yes. I see things better now. Thank you.
0: Okay. And maybe at some point if you'd like to give me a call or send me an email, I could um, talk to you a little bit more about that because I would like to. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, I think we're good. Uh, This will go on. This will be recorded. It has been recorded, and um, we'll – We'll have this on, on our website um, within a couple of hours. So, Barb, thanks for joining me, and um, I'll talk to you later.
1: Thank Bye-bye. you very much. See you. Thank you. Please stand by.